Welcome to Data Leadership for Everyone. I'm your host, Anthony Algvin. Everyone needs to harness the power of data. There's a lot involved in making that happen, and this show is here to make it all a little bit easier. Think of this as an audio advice column for all of your data and leadership questions. We're always looking for suggestions, so if you have questions or topics you'd like us to cover on the show, send an email to podcast at dl4e1.com or use our text and voicemail line at 773-888-2077. So for longtime audience members, our first guest on the new show needs no introduction, but we're doing one anyway. Bob Seiner is the publisher of TDAN.com, the president and principal consultant of KIK Consulting and Educational Services, and the creator of the non-invasive approach to data governance. He has a popular book on the topic entitled Non-Invasive Data Governance, The Path of Least Resistance and Greatest Success. And, and, and I may be breaking this news, Bob's second book, Non-Invasive Data Governance Strikes Again, Gaining Experience and Perspective, is coming out very soon. Bob, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you for having me, Anthony, and thank you for plugging the soon-to-be book. Yeah, well, I've, I'm very excited for this book for you, and 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 I know the work that you've put into it. Obviously, we're good friends; we talk all the time. But it's it's been really cool to see you get this book to market, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. So I'm thrilled to to mention it to the audience, and I and I hope they all check it out uh, once it's available. And it should be. I mean, this will be first quarter uh, or or second quarter spring of of 2023 is is when this is being recorded and when the book is going live. So if you're watching this later, uh, the book should already be available. So. We have a topic for us to talk about today in uh, a more concise way than we've been known to talk about topics in other contexts is uh, sure. we, we wanted to talk today about you know, what's the difference and, and how, do, how do data management and data governance compare? What are the differences? What are the similarities? We throw these words around like we expect people to understand these nuanced differences and they don't necessarily. And, and the question is, do we do do we understand the difference? And, and is there a meaningful difference between them? So, Bob, I will ask you, what's the difference between data management and data governance? Or do you have some thoughts on this topic? Well, of course, I have thoughts. I have thoughts on the subject. And, and I thought we were going to have the world's longest podcast here. But we have to be we have to be brief. Um, I have a question back to you, Anthony. Why does should anybody care what the difference between data management and data governance is? I mean, I have a lot of opinions about it because I've asked, been asked that question by a lot of people. What is the difference? Which one sits over the other or are they side by side? In fact, I got an email from a client yesterday talking about where data governance risk compares to information management risk. Mm -hmm. And somebody was telling them that data governance risk is just a subset of information management risk. And my response was, well, I guess that depends on how you define data governance and what it is governing and how you define information management. Same thing holds true for data governance and data management. Bob, I love that you asked that question because to me, I'm a person who doesn't really care. I've been known to say, I don't care about data governance. I don't care about data management. And, and these are things that I say because I like to get a reaction out of folks, but there's some truth to this, right? And there's things that you should care about more and things that you should care about less. Like, of course, somebody should care about data management and data governance, these nuanced differences. But these are kind of tools in our tool belt, right? If we're data management professionals and there's things that we need to do to... to nurture the progression of data from its raw state to business value and to the outcomes and business impact, then we need to understand some of these nuances. And, and that's why I think it is important for some folks. Now, 
I don't really care what we call anything because what matters is can our data drive business outcomes? Like that's it. That's what matters. And so for me, data management, data governance, whatever you want to call them, however you want to do them, if you want to mash them together or split them apart, whatever leads to the most business impact possible, that's what I really care about. So I don't know. Part of me says, yes, we should care about this stuff. Part of me says, who cares about this stuff? It doesn't really matter to the end goal. But I think to get to that end goal, you need some differentiation there. What do you, what do you think? That was a longer way of answering the question that I started at, at the beginning is why should anybody really care? I have an answer. We can make this a five-minute podcast. Let's not. Let's make it a little bit longer than five minutes. But I have an answer that I think really draws the line between data governance and data management, at least to a degree. And there's going to be blend between the two. Think of it as a Venn diagram, and there's going to be things that both need to be involved in. Mm -hmm. But data governance is all about people. Mm -hmm. It's all about people's behavior. It's all about executing and enforcing authority, which is the way I define data mm -hmm. governance. It's got a touch of data stewardship in it as well, which is formalization of accountability. Again, it's all people focused. And even Demo with their framework and their um, and their framework, the, the all the different knowledge areas have data governance smack in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And so they, they and, and there are some knowledge, very knowledgeable people there have called it out as being a separate discipline. But there's also no knowledge area called data management. They're calling the whole thing data management, which is where I think some of the confusion lies. Because even though data governance focuses, focuses on people and their behavior, oftentimes it's the data governance program that is building out the business glossary and the dictionary and, and implementing the data catalog within an organization and doing those things that are very, that don't feel, that feel more technical than people oriented. Yeah. And so most people, I think, believe that data management is the building of a data warehouse, is the data modeling, is the data movement, some of the most basic things of here, managing data. I guess there's no better way to say that. Data mm -hmm. governance is all about getting the right people to do the right thing at the right time, you know, given the right resources to be able to do it. You know, I kind of like what you're saying here because it, 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 I like when things are clean in my mind, right? And because my mind's all messy most of the time. So whenever I can put something clean in my mind, I, I like that. And so if data governance is about kind of managing the people and data management is about managing the data, like in my mind, data goes through this life cycle, it goes through this journey of I'm little data and I start my raw state and from somewhere from some business process or some external source and I, and I march little through all of this life cycle to eventually be used for something that benefits the business, right? Some analytics and, and something that can drive business outcomes. And so I see it, like I literally see little nuggets of data moving across and they eventually get to this state where they are uh, driving business impact. So I say, okay, well, people are managing around that and they're making that stuff happen, but you have technology systems, like you said, but then I also want to extend it. And I say, well, I, I talk all this data leadership stuff all over the place. That's what, you know, that's everything I think about all the time. And when I think about data leadership, well, how does that fit in? And I say, well, 
that's about strategic change. That's about understanding the, the totality of all of these intersections where you're putting energy into things. Data leadership is about saying, how do we orchestrate all of this together to ultimately drive business outcomes, ultimately drive business value? And I kind of like how that fits together too. So if we if we narrow back in to say data management's about the data and that life cycle of data in particular in those technology systems, I would agree with that. Because you don't you don't interact by with data by talking to the data, right? You 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 can't set a policy say, hey, data, please do this policy. You can go read about it on SharePoint. Like that doesn't happen. Um, although you, one might argue that that doesn't happen with people a lot of the time either. But the the the, uh, the fact is is that like you interact with data in different ways than you interact with people. And so if you're if you're governing the people's behavior. Providing the enforcement of authority and, and giving them the, the right empowerment to make the decisions around data, then you really do have distinct and clearly defined with some overlap, as you mentioned, with that, the Venn diagram um, disciplines that are that are worth thinking about separately. So, Bob, what do you think in terms of an organization that's getting started with this data management and data governance, like, this seems like kind of an almost esoteric conversation because what what are you supposed to focus on? Like there's all these things. I mean, we just talked about two of them or three of them. There's dozens of different things you could focus on data quality, metadata, you know, security, access, all these things, right? What, what, if we're focusing on data management and data governance, aren't those comprised of a bunch of other activities? How do you figure out what to do? <laughs> and I wish there was just one simple answer that you could give to everybody and that everybody could follow that. Um, I would say that in most organizations, they have focused on data management more than data governance for many years. And there's been a more of a lean towards the people aspect of it and the governing people's behavior. You know, certainly when Sarbanes-Oxley and a lot of the other compliance rules came into being, um, they they were forced to focus on people's behavior. Mm-hmm. The technology has always been there. The, the data management, I worked in data management long before data governance was even being called data governance or mm-hmm. stewardship was being called data stewardship. So organizations are doing data modeling there's always people talking about improving data quality. There is talk. Uh, there is a lot of talk about now. It, it's more towards the conversation around well, what can we provide technology-wise that will give people the ability to do the analytics that they need to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of that still is is more technical in nature. But I always go back to saying the same thing, and I've probably said it on some of the previous uh, times that we have spoken publicly like this, but the data will not govern itself. Right. Right. It requires people's behavior to govern it. There are people already in most organizations that are governing data, but they're not doing it formally. They're not doing it efficiently. Because they're not doing it formally, they're not doing it efficiently and effectively. Mm -hmm. So if we can be more formal as to how we focus on the people aspect of it, I said that's more that's newer, but data governance has now been around for 20 years. I don't know, 25, I don't know, 25 years. Um, it's really focusing on people. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you make the point to your leadership in your organization of what the challenges are that people are having with data, so they're not just hearing it from a consultant, you're, you're basically echoing the things that you're hearing from people. They need to recognize that those things aren't going to correct themselves. And oftentimes, no matter how much technology you apply to those things, it's still not going to correct it. 
The data will not govern itself. People need to govern the data. People need to govern the metadata. It's another subject for another day. But, um, you know, it is, that is the way. So no matter what you're doing from a data management perspective, you're either already governing your data informally and you can improve it or you're governing it formally. And I think that's the differentiation right there is getting people to do the right thing and having the appropriate resources to be able to do it. So I, I hear what you're saying and I, I definitely agree with it in principle, but I, I can't help but feel like a lot of leadership and organizations say, this seems like such a slog and it's so much work and how do we know we're going to get any benefit from it? And I also think about when I go to events or, or talk to rooms full of people that are doing data governance, that are at a data governance conference, who are advocates of data governance, and I ask them, who has wildly successful data governance in their organization? Like, who's knocked this out of the park? Who's doing this great? Very rarely, occasionally I do, but very rarely do I get someone who's like, yeah, we're really successful with data governance. Why is this so important and yet so difficult to accomplish? Whereas like data management, I think there's a lot of organizations out there that are like, yeah, we can manage data. We get data into our data warehouse. People are using it in analytics or driving you know, behaviors. I think there's plenty yeah. of technology systems that 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 argument would be made. So, so what do you think? Like, like why why is it so important yet so poorly done so often? I think you're asking the wrong question. Okay. I think if you're asking how many of your programs have knocked it out of the park. Defining mm-hmm. what that means, first of all, is is different. You know, having consistent process, having formalized accountability for data. Mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth inning. It does not feel like that home run. It's not, I mean, it too, you know, because there's a lot of leadership that say, show me the financial return on mm-hmm. investment from implementing a data governance program. Well, first of all, implementing a data governance program doesn't have to be extremely expensive. There is technology that will enable it, but it's getting the people to do the right thing in the right way. Sure. So, you know, knocking it out of the park um, is going to be different for every every result from governed data within your organization. And when leadership says, what's the financial ROI? Understand that that big investment they have in an analytical platform or in a data warehouse or in whatever they are doing, that the data in that in that resource needs to be governed in order for the the investment in that resource to return on investment. So, you know, it's very difficult to establish hardcore ROI to data governance, just like it's hard to say, yeah, we knocked it out of the park with the Mm -hmm. program because it's really kind of the incremental change of behavior to get the organization to do what it should always have been doing associated with with how it governs its data. Well, I think you've touched on the most important thing, and that is your leadership and organizations are wanting to see an ROI. They're wanting to compare the success of a data governance or data management initiative. Like both of these work together. They want to be looking at an ROI for those particular efforts. And it's not wrong of them to want that. 
what I think we fail to do a lot of the time is try to quantify what we've done with data governance. And I think that you can. I think, yes, you have to rely on estimates. You have to rely on percents of outcomes to attribute to data governance. But I think you can measure that. I think you can see evidence of success because if you can't see evidence of success, did you really have success? And I think you're right. You can quantify it in other ways other than just financial. You can quantify it in the amount of time. Okay, so I guess then you can convert that into dollars and cents. Exactly. But but people not knowing what data exists in the organization uh, or who to go to for the data that does exist takes time. So they need to research that. But having that information readily available to them, and that's a very simple uh, example, you know, it's going to save them time. Is it going to save money? Yes. It's just, it's not as, okay, we've set the price at this, we've sold it at this, this is what we've made, here's our our return. It's not as simple as that. Right. You can't directly measure it because it's an influential function that's several steps removed from the operations of your business. Totally yep. agree. Yep. But I think the 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 point that I'm trying to make, though, is that we can't decide, oh, well, we're data governance and our stuff's so important. We're going we to have prove our value. we don't need to use the data to determine whether or not we added any real value per right. our cost, because that's right. the thing is if we want investment of time, of energy, of dollars, anything. We need to be able to show in terms that our leadership are making their decisions with, because if they don't like our answer, we could be right all we want, and they're still not going to give us the resources we need to do what we need to do. So we've got to go and reach them to understand in their terms, what are are their metrics of determining whether or not to invest in this? Let's go figure that out. And honestly determine whether or not this is a good return on investment. And this is how, this is my argument of how you can choose between all of these different things that you might choose to do with the limited resources that you have is that if you can at least get to a ballpark return on investment, do the ones that are going to have the best payoff. You do the ones that are most likely to have that return. I would argue that governance can. I just think we get so focused on what we're doing and not focused enough on what is the outcome of what we've done. And I think both are important. We still have to put in the energy, but to get more energy to put in, we have to show our work. We have to justify the results in terms that our business leadership can understand. Otherwise, we're going to constantly encounter plenty of people who are watching the show right now are encountering leadership who just don't have patience to even have the conversation because the conversation's not happening in a language that resonates with them. So we need to meet them there. The nice thing is the the I guess that one good thing to look at in terms of data governance is that it's not it it, it is not um, financially it's not a huge financial investment mm-hmm. in the organization. It may be the people that are putting the program. It may be the creation of groups. It may be utilization of people's time differently. You're not going to hire in. Uh, you're not going to bring in some technology and have it govern your data. For you, we've already talked about the fact that it's a people behavior. Um, it, it, that's where the investment is in getting people to do the right thing. And where are they spending a lot of time? Or what are the when leadership sees the data they see? Do they truly understand all the work that went on behind the scenes as to getting the data the way it needs to be? For I had, I had a client tell me recently, the data has to be right. You know, the data that we present to our leadership has to be right. Yeah. Okay. It, it, there's no room. There's no wiggle room. Mm-hmm. So when I ask the question, do they know what it takes? 
Like they, when they stop laughing, you know, they, they, they honestly, a lot of the leadership don't know what it takes to get the data the way. So it's a time component. The investment is, but people are already investing time doing things that are inefficient and ineffective. And so, again, like I said, you're not, it's not a data management. When you build a data warehouse, there's a lot of investment in technology that goes along with that or utilization of existing technology that goes along with that. Um, data where in data governance, yes, you may need it. You're going to need a data catalog. You're going to need a metadata repository. You're going to need somewhere to house information about your data. That's going to be an investment. Mm-hmm. Name another investment. And I really, I mean, is there another investment that organizations need to make? It may be data quality tools. But again, now we're coming down to specific facets of, they could be data management. Well, it, it depends on scale. It depends on, on size. But like the, the data security is, is something that you should be investing in, right? So no how do you protect those data assets? How do you protect your organization from phishing attacks and things like that? Some way, somehow, you need to be thinking about those things. But those and are technology investments. I want to ask you something, though, Bob, because I think we, we agree it's easy because technology investments are more tangible on the data management side. I don't think anyone would argue the fact that you need some sort of ability to move data or transform data to put it into a, a data repository so that you can do analytics on it. Like that's pretty clear. Like it's pretty straightforward to understand, Hey, data needs to evolve a little bit. So you use it fine. Governance is a little bit squishier because you're talking about people and talking about guiding their behaviors and understanding that what I want to know, because I think it's very clear that technology helps the data management side pretty thoroughly because it's so oriented towards the data and that's how you talk to the data. But on the data governance side, do you see Things like AI, which are super popular right now, like, can we get better at data governance by leveraging AI? Or is this just a recipe for disaster? I did an earlier episode on how the data underneath AI is going to determine whether or not AI can be useful. But if can we flip the direction? Can AI help us get our data better from a governance perspective? What do you think? <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I haven't put a lot of thought into that. And um, my thought about the the AI that is making the news these days is is not as uh, not thinking that that the business value is ready to be gleaned from it as much as uh, as most people will think. I actually here I will share with you something. Here I asked a, a one of the the chatbots, you know, who I am. Yeah, and it got half the stuff wrong. I mean, it right. said I'd written right. multiple books already. It had said that I had won awards that I hadn't won. Um, that's great. I wish I had done all the things that it said <laughs> I had done. Um, but is it, um, I guess I kind of got off the course of your question. Um, I don't know. Organizations are, AI is real. AI can have some true business benefits. I'm not sure that organizations are using it that, that many organizations, they're still establishing data management and data governance. And in, they may be trying to do AI, but they're probably doing it with data that is not as clean, that people don't have as much confidence in. And mm-hmm. so I think there will be a meeting at some point, but I don't know when that is going to be. And I don't yeah. know enough about it to talk educated about it. You know, I, I think AI is kind of the ultimate, like you are what you are, you are what you eat 
type of scenario. Like it, and I, in my earlier episode, I called it the ultimate book smart, but not street smart because it doesn't experience things, it, it, but it can look at relationships. So when I think about it, it's like a great tool for understanding technical context and technical metadata. And it can look and see very quickly how who's the biggest users of these things how do these things connect how do we how do we make all of these things happen so what is truth what is out there happening right now where people get involved and where i think people will will continue to add a lot of the context around that is an understanding how things should be and understanding what the what we have and how it connects to what we want to be doing i think ai is going to really struggle with that because it, it it's one thing for AI to look at what's there. It's another thing for AI to infer from bad data, correct action. Like that's going to be a really tough ask. And so I think it'll get better and better at that, but I think it could be an enormously powerful tool to help amplify the the unique work that humans need to do. And I think that's how we need to think about how we relate to AI going forward as people is to say, how can I use this amazing amplifier to amplify good as opposed to like your example of that bio about you, half of it's wrong. And at any point in there, Bob, anything in that thing that uh, when you plugged it into AI, did they notice that or did they note anywhere in that Oh, I'm less confident about this. This may not be accurate. Or did it just assert that the entire thing was correct? Because in generative AI, from what I've seen, is it just asserts it's all correct, half of it's wrong, and people are going to believe it anyway because the machine said so. It asserted that it was correct. And so where I see AI coming in is, you know, you've got super users in organizations that create complex SQL code, SQL queries, or whatever tools they're using Mm -hmm. to access the data. And they're good at that. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, more people will become super users because they'll be able to go into this AI engine potentially in their organization and say, how many widgets did we sell in the Northwest region in 2020? In 2020? And, it, and it can give you an answer just by you typing in and, and communicating with yeah. the, the artificial intelligence that way. Now, if you're asking it, what should I do because I you gave me that result, that's where it's not as strong right now. Right. I, as a publisher of my publication, you mentioned earlier, when somebody sends me something that looks like it came from chatbot, chat GPT, I will go to chat GPT and ask it the same question and oftentimes get the same results in the same order. Mm. There's nothing being added by the but there's no thought, there's no insight, no analytics that are being done. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to ask AI to help you to make a decision, we got to get better at that. Yeah. If you're going to ask it to give me how many widgets sold in the Northwest region, you know, in 2020, you know, it can give you that very easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's another podcast for another day. I know. We'll have to talk about that on, on another topic. Bob, we're out of time for today. Um, but thank you for being my first guest, and and I'm sure we will have you on the show many more times. And thank you for the great conversation. And I, you know, hopefully, if you are enjoying this podcast and you want to chime in on the conversation, send us questions or or 
make comments on the YouTube video, uh, we'll, we'll certainly respond. We will happily engage with that. So I, I encourage you to do that. Again, this podcast is data leadership for everyone, but if you need some data leadership for you, I want to help. So here are some options. Number one, if you have a topic or question to discuss on the show, send an email or give us a call. The email address is podcast at dl4e1.com or use our text and voicemail line at 773-888-2077. Option two, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either to share your wisdom on a topic or discuss a particular challenge you're facing, reach out and we'll make it happen. Option three, I'm happy to meet with anybody to discuss your data or leadership challenges one-on-one. Sometimes all it takes is a good conversation to get you on the right path. Reach out, we'll schedule no-cost 30-minute virtual meeting. Finally, you can find all our episodes as well as other resources to help you in your data leadership journey at dataleadershipforeveryone.com. And until next time, be good to your data, be better to your business, and be best to each other. Now go make an impact.